Don't don't answer that question, right? You just like, well, I don't want to tell, tell you what really. Three o'clock in the morning. Okay. Well, three o'clock in the morning. It depends on where you live because where we live, it's uh, it was raining like about seven. It was raining at seven o'clock in the morning for us. Yeah, that's amazing. Seven o'clock in the morning, raining. Well, good deal. We're in Luke Luke chapter chapter six this morning. Turn with me to Luke chapter six. We're going to read it, and um, just as we get get ready to get started. You know, I've been reading um, in Luke and discovering this thing about um, revelation of a kingdom authority. And every time I think I'm done, I find more, more, more revelation on kingdom authority. And it's interesting now how um, Luke chapter 5 had a whole lot of uh, thoughts and ideas that we, we were able to go through to discover some kingdom authority. But... Uh, I discovered something that happened in um, Luke chapter 6. I said, wow, look at this. And typically you talk about the, the Sabbath day the, day, the day we rest, the day that we are, you know, we set aside to uh, consecrate ourselves before the Lord, um, you know, whatever day that you choose to make that your Sabbath day. But when we look at Jesus and him being the Lord of the Sabbath, we discover some things about his authority in that regard as well. So we'll start Luke chapter 6, verse number 1. Now it happened on the second Sabbath, after the first, that he went through the, the grain fields. He went through the grain fields, and his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them on their head and their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus answering said, 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 answering them said, I have, you have, have you not, have you not even read this at what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread and, and also gave some of those, uh, some of those uh, with him, with it, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. Have you heard about that? Hadn't heard about that. It says, and he said to them, the son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Verse number six. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was, uh, who was uh, right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand there, and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage, these are Pharisees and the scribes, and discussed, among, discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Father, we ask your blessing upon the word that you've already blessed already, but blessed the ears of those who would hear it today, that we would walk out of this place with a changed understanding of what your kingdom authority is really all about. We thank you and praise you right now that you are truly Lord of the Sabbath and we receive all that we need from you on this day. 
Let me give you a definition of the word Sabbath, and we'll read verse number one again. It means to stop, to cease, to keep. It's a theological meaning. It's rooted in God's rest for following six days of creation. God did all of his work, and on the sixth day he rested. The noun form is used to primarily to denote the seventh day of the week. Jesus is the one who exercises authority even over the rules and regulations that govern the Sabbath day. Uh, the Pharisees, you know, what they did, they took, they took and instituted a complex and confusing system of the Sabbath. They had 39 different kinds of rules regarding how the Sabbath was supposed to be functioned in the categories of uh, forbidden activities. In essence, these uh, re religious leaders had made themselves lords of the Sabbath themselves. You hear that part? They had made themselves the lords of the Sabbath. And when anybody takes and does something that is a replacement of what God has already done, that is prostituting the gospel, perverting the gospel. They'd done that very thing, but these religious leaders had done that very thing, and uh, thus making themselves lords of the Sabbath. Go back to verse number one of chapter six. It says, now it happened on the, on the second Sabbath that after the first, that he went through the grain fields and his disciples plucked the heads of the grain uh, and ate them. Rubbing them in their hands. Now, this is like they're harvesting right at that moment and begin to eat some because they're hungry. And some of the uh, Pharisees said to them, now, they didn't speak to Jesus directly, but interestingly enough, Jesus is the one that answers them back. The disciples don't say a word. Did you see that? We, we've seen this before when, when somebody is talking to Jesus specifically, uh, he, he'll, he'll talk to somebody else. Uh, or when he's talking to some, uh, Pharisees are speaking to his disciples, he'll answer on their behalf. It's a, it's a point there, because when, when we look at things for our own lives and we say somebody questions us about something, listen, the word will answer on your behalf. God will speak on your behalf to let people know that what is right is right in the sight of, if, sight of the king. Verse number two. And some of the Pharisees said to them, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? The question wasn't addressed to Jesus directly, but, but not all of the Pharisees, here's part, not all of the Pharisees agreed on what they saw. It says some of the Pharisees, it didn't say all of them, did it? It says some of the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees, uh, I'll read it again. It says some of the, some of the, verse number two, and some of the Pharisees said to them. They didn't all agree on what they saw, so they've got division in their camp already. They've got division in their understanding what the Sabbath is. If everybody would understood, if everybody understood what the Sabbath was at that moment, you know what? Everybody would have said something. And even those that didn't say anything would have come into agreement with it right away and say, you know, you're right. They're breaking the Sabbath today. They're not resting. Why, why are they eating today? Why, why are they doing that very thing that they're doing right now? Well, Jesus, interestingly enough, um, he comes back and answers him in an interesting way. He says, but Jesus answered and said, Verse number three, have you not even read this, what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how they went to the house of God. Now, they did something a little bit even different than, the, than Jesus' disciples did. Because Jesus' disciples, they were able to, in the fields, in the grain fields, get, up, get something to eat. Now, that's kind of a cool thing, because you're in the grain fields, you can pick up anything you want to. But to go into the house of God... And, and break the Sabbath on that day because you're hungry. That's a whole different matter. Well, David did that very thing. So read on. He says, David, did, uh, David uh, when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, 
how, they, how, he went, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those who were with him, which is not lawful, but for anybody but the priest to eat. So we've got an interesting dynamic going on here where uh, the thing that is not lawful still can be done. Listen to this. The Sabbath was not made for who? Man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for the man. You hear that part? Some people wouldn't think that the Sabbath was made. All right, here we go. It's not, it's not up to us how we determine how this thing all works out. I'm going to jump over to Matthew chapter 5 for a minute in verse number 17 through 20. And read some information here that will help us as well. Verse number 17 in Matthew. You have to turn it if you choose to. Uh, he said, do not think it that I've come to destroy the law. Jesus talks about the law and the prophets. I've not come to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill it. For surely I say to you, I surely I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not, not jot, one jot or tittle will by no means pass from my law until it is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of these, these, the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, does the word of God, he says, and teaches them, he shall be called the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of, of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus is talking about the fulfillment of the law, love is the fulfillment of the law. We know that. And any time that somebody, was it, was it more important that Jesus' disciples be fed at that moment than to just go ahead and continue to starve? If you're following Jesus, and on a Sunday, your, your day of rest, and you're hungry, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to be fed? So Jesus is making sure that certain that his guys get fed, they get taken care of. Now, look at, the first, first point I want to make this morning is this. Questioning authority of the king doesn't yield much. When the Pharisees and the scribes decided to question Jesus' authority, they did, it didn't yield them anything. We often find them in the scriptures always complaining. We often find them in the scriptures always trying to challenge Jesus or, or to catch him doing something that's against the law. Try to catch, listen, is he the Lord of the Sabbath, also the Lord of the law, by the way. Jesus is the Lord of all, the Lord of all. They're not going to catch him doing anything wrong. It's always exciting how Jesus will come back and always ask a question. He'll ask a question to the guys. Jump back up to verse number, um, number one, uh, one, 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 or two, or two. Verse three, I'm sorry, verse three, verse three. Jesus answered and said, have you not even heard, read this? So he's coming back to them. Okay, listen, guys. You're questioning me about what my disciples are doing. Let me tell you something that you probably should already know because you're the lords of the Sabbath, right? Who, who made the 39 different categories of, of rules and regulations about what not to do up? The Pharisees and the scribes did. So they consider themselves the lords of the Sabbath. So now Jesus talking to them and bringing to their remembrance the word of God that they should know based on the Sabbath that they think they know about lets them realize that David did the very same thing. What do you say about that? There's no question about what David did. Well, see... <laughs> I am, he, he, he didn't come out and say this, but I am the Lord of the Sabbath, what he's really demonstrating to the guys. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the one that's the Lord of this rest, this thing, this thing called rest. My father is the one that created all the heaven and earth. And so in the seventh day, my father rested. I'm going to do the same kind of thing. However, at the same time today, we've got a problem here. The problem is that you're kind of challenging my guys on what they're doing. 
You're challenging them on what they're doing. I'm answering on their behalf. Now, interesting, I, I want to ask you this question. Why is it sometimes more important that Jesus answer on your behalf than you answer yourself? Oh, I love it. I love it. That's good. He's our advocate, isn't he? He's our advocate, isn't he? He's our advocate. So our advocate, is, it's better that our advocate really answer on our behalf. Now, the disciples are the ones breaking the Sabbath. The disciples are the ones breaking the Sabbath. My question to myself was, if they're hanging out with the Lord of the Sabbath, and they understand what the Sabbath is about, they should know it, right? Why did they break the Sabbath? Why did they consider it not, why did they consider continually doing the same, why did they consider this getting the grain and, and taking the grain and getting out and eating it, not breaking the Sabbath? They did it. They went ahead and did, they went ahead and did it. They went ahead and did it no matter what. They must have felt as though they had somebody that was going to protect them. They must have felt as though Jesus was not going to rebuke them. Or they were scared to death. Or so hungry that they just violated it anyway. I think they didn't violate it because they were scared. I don't think they violated it because they were, they were afraid. I, don't think they, I think they decided to do it because they knew that Jesus, they, they, they understood his spirit. Understanding the law is one thing, but understanding the spirit of the law is another thing. The spirit in which somebody says something, the spirit in which the, the word of God is received, because see, we can take the letter of the law and kill ourselves with it. We can take the word of God, the word of God, the letter of the law, and kill ourselves with it and kill other people at the same time. Because how many, if you've ever been in a situation where you've had people talk to you, speak the word of God to you, and the word of God just cuts you up like a knife? Because there was no love with it. I mean, nothing that, nothing that brought you to a place of really, you felt more condemned than convicted. There's a slight difference between being condemned and convicted. Condemned is, condemned is making you feel so, so, so bad that you feel sorry, and, but you can't do anything about it. Convicted says, okay, thank you. I want, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Yes, yes, yes. Repentance, to turn around and go the other direction. So that'll happen at that point. So you've got a different thing happening there. Let's move on to verse number four. I'm five, I'm sorry. Um, six, 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 six. So questioning the authority of the king doesn't yield much. Now it happened at, in the, on the, uh, another, another Sabbath that he entered the synagogue and taught. That's lawful on the Sabbath. And a man was there with a withered hand, who hand whose hand was withered. Side note, so the Pharisees, the scribes, watched him closely. Why are they watching Jesus closely? To make, a, to make accusation. Now, now, some scholars say this, that the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, Pharisees probably planted that man there anyway. <laughs> they, they probably put him there. Now, I don't know if they did that or not. It doesn't say that right here in the Bible, but... He, they, they, entered the, they, they, they talk about this right off the bat. They said that this, uh, this man with a withered hand was there. And so the, scribes and the, so the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath. 
Now, healing for life and death matters is not a bad thing on the Sabbath. He asked that question earlier about was it okay to, to, uh, uh, to, to bring life or to, to destroy? Or I think it was close to that. But uh, bring life or destroy. And it'd be, it'd be okay to give life or do, do something, or do, do good or destroy. It's okay to do good on the Sabbath. But in this case, he's talking about healing. Now, healing on the Sabbath at that point was uh, against the law, unless it was life or death matter. Life or death matter. Let's move on. So, so the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath uh, that, the, that, the, uh, that they might find an accusation against him. A withered hand, does that constitute death? A withered hand doesn't constitute death. It doesn't constitute a, a person having to lose their, they can't wait till tomorrow. Can you wait till tomorrow and get your, could he have waited till tomorrow to get his healing? Well, well, watch this, watch this part. No, watch this part too, watch this part. Here we go. Everybody knew what the Sabbath was. Even well, when you've got scribes and Pharisees are going around enforcing the Sabbath, do you go around breaking the Sabbath? No, you don't. The guy with the withered hand, do you think that he didn't know what the Sabbath was? He's had a withered hand for a lot longer time than just that moment right there. And it's not by coincidence that he happens to show up right then and there. It's not by coincidence that he happens to show up. Oh, Jesus is in town. I'll go ahead and get my hand healed today. Although it's not a life or death matter, I think he won't mind. He'll go ahead and heal me on, on today anyway. But I've got to watch the scribes and Pharisees who are watching Jesus. When somebody's watching somebody else and you're watching them, don't you, don't you know it? You ever watch somebody watching somebody else? You, you, no, you, no, I'm talking about... See, he's watching me watch him. See, when somebody, Jesus, Jesus was, Jesus was, okay. I can see him so cool and calm and collected. He's like, okay, here's these guys trying this little tricky deal with me. They put this guy here. Perhaps they did it. I don't know if they did or not. I'm just kind of going with storyline right now. But they put this guy here to see if I'm going to heal him. His normal healing is rise and be healed. That's his normal healing. Lay hands upon the man. He heals and, and gets healed that way. He does something. He casts a demon out of it. That's, that's how you know. We, we see, see scripture references that how Jesus brings healing, right? Laying hands or, or to, to speak real loudly and hard and come out in Jesus. In not Jesus' name, but come out, you defiled demon. So he'll say something specifically like that. But, but, but he does something a little bit different here. I want you to catch this. Verse number seven, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find accusation against him. <laughs> and in verse number eight, but he knew their thoughts and said to the man, listen, if you know somebody's thoughts, you might say to them. Here, here he goes again. He says to the man. He knows the thoughts of the Pharisees, yet he's talking to the man. He says, and he, he says to the man who had the withered hand, arise and stand here. Does that sound like a powerful way to get healed right there? I mean, it's just a simple word. Arise and stand here. He doesn't have bad legs. Withered hand. Withered hand, withered hand. So he arise and stand here. So he stood up. That's fine. But nothing's wrong with his legs. It's okay there, right? So, so he's still not healed. He's still got a problem going on right now. So arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus, then Jesus said to them, the Pharisees, Asking another question. He says, I will ask you one thing. 
Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? They answer the question. They answer the question. They're going to have to say, to do, it's, it's lawful to do good or to do evil. I ask you the question today. Is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath? Good. Okay. It's lawful to do good. Okay. That's a good thing. And then it says this. Keep in mind, Jesus is only doing what the Pharisees did to him earlier. <laughs> they asked him a question, right? They put him on the spot, didn't they? So he's put them on the spot. He's put them on the spot. He says to this, ask, he asked the question, verse number 10. And when he had looked around them, at them all, every one of them in the face, he said to, man, to the man, after he's observed the situation, he says to the man now, a major deal, stretch out your hand. He didn't say stretch out your hand and be healed and stretch out your hand and be whole. He just said stretch out your hand. I don't think he yelled and screamed. The man's close by, stretch out your hand. Withered hand, something you can't do is stretch out your hand. But it's nothing powerful about what Jesus has just said here except the power in the words that he just spoke. And him doing it the way he did it, not, not similar to any other kind of way that he's done healing in the past, we look at Jesus in a different kind of light now. So he stretched, he said, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and he did so. The man stretched out his hand, so, and his hand was restored as the other. So right on the spot, the Pharisees are watching Jesus, and now they think they got him. They think they've got him because he's now healed somebody on the Sabbath. But all he's doing is talking. What had they been doing earlier? What had the disciples, excuse me, what had the Pharisees done with Jesus earlier but talked to him? Their conversation with him was not breaking the Sabbath, was it? No. His conversation with, with them wasn't breaking the Sabbath. His conversation with this man with a withered hand was not breaking the Sabbath. And because his, his conversation with the man was not breaking the Sabbath, he was able to see this man healed. The man was able to see himself healed, and the Pharisees were able to watch it and get him very, very upset. So he said, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. Jesus didn't physically do anything. He just spoke. He didn't even give a command of healing of a withered hand. But they were, they were filled with rage. They were filled with rage and disgust, and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. If the Sabbath was for good, then doing good on the Sabbath could be hardly wrong. It couldn't be wrong at all. Those in authority are seldom outwitted. They're seldom outwitted. That's why they, keep, they, have, a, they, have, they have it in the first place. That's why they have uh, somebody in authority. In the, they, they have the authority that they have in the first place because they're not going to be outwitted. Jesus wasn't going to be outwitted by the, the, by the Pharisees because they asked questions, because they, they're challenging him on his authority. We've got to look at this today for our own selves in reference to the Sabbath and, and, the, and him and his lordship. It's more than, hear this part, more than just the Sabbath itself, which is certainly important. But the lordship of the one who's the Lord over the Sabbath. The one who has authority over the Sabbath. The one who has made the Sabbath. And he's made the Sabbath for us. He's made for us to be able to rest. He's made for us to be able to rest. To get the time that we need to have to rest. And often we don't take the time to rest. 
Often we don't take the time to realize that to spend time with the Lord of the Sabbath rather than to honor and oh my God, to, rather to get so wrapped up into the Sabbath itself, get wrapped up into the one who created the Sabbath. Wrapped up into the one who's the Lord of the Sabbath. Don't try to outwit God. Don't try to outwit God in reference to how he does what he does in life. Don't try to put ourselves in a position where we say, okay, God, I, I don't know if you really got, I understand this or not. But I want to work with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in my life the way he'd have me work with him. This morning, if you have come this morning, I want to ask you a question today regarding the Lordship of God, his authority in your life. I mean authority in your life. We're looking at a lot of different ways of his authority. And we've looked at this word about, about Sabbath and resting and what it means to just cease from doing certain kinds of things in our lives. But we, we cease doing things and never give the Lord his just due. It's easy, as even as believers, to stop doing certain kinds of things. People will stop sinning for a while just because they can stop for a while. But if they don't surrender it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who has ultimate authority over sin, they'll never be able to walk free from sin. They'll never be able to walk free and have liberty in their lives continually. If worry is a thing that has been on, and listen, worry is something that a lot of us continually do, even though we know we shouldn't be doing it, right? We worry about stuff that we ought not be worried about because we have no authority over the worry itself. What's, what's, what's worth the price of worry? Nothing. Absolutely nothing is worth the price of worry. Yeah. Nothing is worth the price of worry at all. So this morning I want to encourage you to understand that the Lord of the Sabbath is one thing, but Yielding ourselves not to say, okay, I'm going to go rest one day. I'm going to rest one day. I'm going to rest one day. I'm going to rest one day out of the week. I'm going to take some time to be away one day. No, let's take some time to be with the Lord on that day specifically. Give him all that's due his name. Let him know that he's the authority of our life on that day and every other day as well. It's so easy to get so wrapped up in this stuff. I'm telling you, it's, wrapped up, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the lives of other people that, we, that, uh, that, uh, that depend on us. People depend on us to get things done in life, and, and, and sometimes we can't do anything to help them. I said that out loud. Sometimes you just can't do anything to help people. They have to learn how to help themselves sometimes, don't they? Yeah. And when they learn how to help themselves, it's because they've not made you the Lord of their lives. <laughs> they made the Lord the Lord of their lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you this morning that you are truly Lord of our lives. You're Lord of the Sabbath. But more so than just the, the name, the word, the, the time, you're Lord of all. And in our hearts, God, we give you all that's due your name. We just don't set aside a day just to say that this is your day. We set, ourselves, set aside ourselves to give it to you completely and wholeheartedly. You're Lord of our lives right now, God. We need you more than we've ever needed you before. God, we can't do this alone. We can't do this life alone. We need your help. We need your help. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I feel like somebody needs some prayer this morning regarding just being overwhelmed with stuff in life. I mean, you thought you were handling it pretty good. And you thought that it would 
come to an end sooner than you thought it would. We think that sometimes problems are going to come to an end sooner than later. And we're still dealing with them. Still handling it. This morning, I want to pray with you if you're dealing with something like that. You're just in a place where stuff is just kind of, just, just got your mind going, I can't, I can't take this any longer. That's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray with you this morning. Believe God with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let me just pray for you. I'll just pray for anybody. I believe there's some people here this morning anyhow that are in that, that condition, that situation. And yeah. thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, amen, amen. Bless you, Lord. Father, you know my brother, Father. You know his heart. You know his desire, Father, to please you first and foremost. You know, Father, that there's things that come in life and situations and circumstances that go way beyond our own ability to handle them. And we look and look and look and know we are natural selves, Father, to do anything at all. But, Father, we know that with you we can do all things. And, and Father, until the all things come, Father, give peace in his heart, Father, that until the, the things are manifested in life, Father, give peace that passes understanding. Father, I pray now in Jesus' name, Father, for just an anointing to be over my brother's life, that just a salve, a salve be over him as well, that the balm of Gilead be there, Father, that he would be in a place of just completely wholeness, complete wholeness, complete wholeness, Lord. Bring him a fresh, a fresh, fresh, fresh anointing, Lord. That the wind of the Spirit will begin to move through his life right now, Father. And blow the things away that are trying to keep him bound right now. Loose the chains, Father God. Loose the chains right now in Jesus. Loose the chains right now, God. Loose the chains. That he'd be able to stand in righteousness right now. Knowing that you're God, Father. You're still God. And if it's to be able to be available to, to worship you, to honor you. Surrender himself to you. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Complete surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Wow. I surrender all. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, I, every, every once in a while we have a, a, a time like this. This is a moment where it's not the... It's not the the, the show or the showmanship or or trying to be eloquent and all that it's just a just a raw moment with God where we we want to be with him and him and, and us knowing that okay God I don't get it all and that's okay I don't understand it all but and that's okay and and I can't make everything happen But then on the other side, is the, 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 the word you continue to hear is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Wait on the strength. Yeah. Wait, wait on the strength. Because we, we go ahead and try to do all things without a strength. And it's, it's really hard to do all things or anything without his strength. 
We can do nothing of ourselves. I mean, absolutely nothing of ourselves. We need God. We, we need God. We live in an age where people don't think that they need God as much because they, there's so much, uh, uh, we have so much uh, technology and all. Listen, technology is going to fail. It's going to let you down. God's been on the scene a lot longer than technology and be on the scene a lot longer after technology. When it's all said and done, he'll get the last word. He'll get the last word. He'll get the last word. And, he'll, and trust and believe this, that he will get the last word in our lives as well. The authority of the king. The authority of the one that has everything going on. The point I want to make so strongly today is that don't get so wrapped up into the day called Sabbath. Important day, important time. Get wrapped up into the Lord of the Sabbath. The Pharisees were wrapped up into the, the things that they made the Sabbath to be on that day. And every rule that was broken on that day, they just looked, looked with glee and excitement to be able to enforce the rules of that day, to enforce the law of that day, until they met the Lord of the Sabbath until they made, met the one who had authority over the Sabbath over the Sabbath and them that's the Lord we serve that's the God we serve all the laws of man all the laws that man tries to put against us even the laws that you try to make yourself we'll try to make laws of our own and we can't even keep our own laws so let's, let's give God some praise. Let's give God his honor and do this in his name. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away, oh God. I give myself away so you can use me. Here I am, here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I to be free, your desire inside of me, I give myself away, oh God, I give myself away, so you can use me, I give myself away, oh God, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away, oh God, I give myself away so you can use me. Lord, use our lives today. Use us for your glory, Lord, that you'll be glorified in the midst of everything that we do and everything that we say. Father, we know that you're working in us and through us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. 
Father, touch the hearts of every person that's here today, but that's under the sound of my voice. Let there be a, a great desire to, to please you, a great desire to be in your presence, a great desire to honor you, a great desire to know that you are God and above you there's nobody else. A great desire, Father, that we have in our hearts today to give ourselves completely and wholeheartedly to you. We do that now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes, sir.